The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. What's happening, guys? What's up? Yeah, all right. I love the energy. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, well, one of the things, obviously, we got. Uh, it's been a while because the uh, we haven't had the show because of Christmas Eve and New Year's. We're all on Friday, so it's been a while. I don't think we've talked to you guys since the Eagles Giants. Uh, so obviously, we got the Eagles in the playoffs. Uh, hosting the Packers today. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but there was a couple things I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on before we we got into that. The first news of the day. Uh, the whole big thing, can someone explain to me the whole big thing with Jim Harbaugh? What has this guy done at the pro level to for someone to – the Dolphins were willing to throw seven or eight million at him or something like that. He signed with the Niners today with a five years, uh, 25 million. What, what, I'm trying to remember the last college coach that's jumped into the pros and been great. What, is, what has this guy done to make everyone love him so much? Well, you know, he's got a, he's got a uh, pro background. Um, he plays a pro style. Uh, I think that they feel like, um, you know, uh, everything is timing. You know, uh, I think that uh, the fact that he's developed luck and uh, he's taken a Stanford team that is a, uh, you know, that they, they can't get all the kids at Stanford. You know, like they don't have the level of athletes that you have at some other universities because of their demands academically. Right. And he's made he's he's taken a pro style and he's been a pro quarterback, and you know everything's about timing. I mean, what uh, like Marty Morningwig? You know they're talking about him. Why? Oh. Because Michael Vick had a big year. You know, and <laughs> you know it's all about timing. That's 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 what it is. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Gene. I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, first of all, half of what the NFL is it's about what's sexy. It's about what's now. And like you said, Gene, Stanford doesn't get all the talent in the world. But he certainly uh, he put that. I don't. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say he put Stanford on the map. But re- lately, I mean, he certainly put the football program on the map compared to where they were earlier. And I mean, let's be honest, Andrew Luck's a hell of a player. So not only did he develop that quarterback, but he got that quarterback to go to Stanford in the first place. So there's something to be said for that. But Mike, I agree with you. But that's recruiting. Uh, that's you know, that's different. Yeah, but a head coach has something to do with recruiting. I mean, let's not act like the head coach is completely separate. No, I know, I know, but that's, that's college recruiting. That's got nothing to do with the NFL. No, no, I'm simply speaking to, to who Jim Harbaugh is and what makes him sexy. I mean, like, like G said, you don't necessarily get the best athletes, but you are able to – I mean, I know recruiting doesn't have a lot to do with it, but everyone speaks to his relationship with Luck, and there's got to be something to that. There's got to be something that GM's owners look at Jim Harbaugh and they, they've got to see that sexiness of the coach. Uh, whether it's college or the professional level. Yeah, I, 
uh, you know, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I know the answers, Mike. I'm just trying to look at it for what it is. Because you're right, he hasn't done anything. When you look at Nick Saban when he went professional. He didn't do anything. He went right back down to the college level where he probably belongs. Now, we don't know what's going to happen in football. But, I mean, I mean even, even just look at the playoff coaches. What playoff coaches came from college? If you want to say Pete Carroll, fine, but he had he had uh, some success at the NFL level before he went to USC, and he's not really a playoff team because the team is seven and nine. So there goes that argument. I don't know. I just I thought it was I didn't really get all the hype. Like, yeah, his brother is successful. Okay, great. You know, I just looking at the pattern of yeah, college coaches his, jumping to the NFL. Brother, but his brother came from professional acumen. His brother was a coordinator. I mean, or I, coordinator, I mean, his brother had coaching experience, so I wouldn't even I wouldn't even make that comparison. I mean, as odd as it sounds, hardball to hardball, I, I would take his brother uh, and throw the money at him before I threw it at Jim. Right, right. So, anyway, I, I just didn't understand that. And the other thing I want to get to, uh, get back to the Eagles here. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the upcoming game, but did you guys see what I saw last week? With uh, you know, at what point is Cobb just w- what he is? I mean, he—I think you're looking at a career backup at this point. He comes out, and there's times when he plays exceptionally well. He was horrific. I mean, he just is absolutely awful sometimes. Oh, I, that's not fair. That's Why? not fair. Because I mean, and gee, you can disagree too. I'm not sure what your take is going to be on this, but I look. He goes out and he has great games. He goes out and he has stinkers. Okay. Yeah. That, that in and of itself may make him a career backup, but I'm not going to judge him at all based on Dallas because he was playing with second and third teamers against Dallas. When do we judge him then? At what point do you look at him and say, I think I know what we have? I'm not saying when the right time to judge him is, Mike. I'm just simply answering your question of when do we say he's a career backup. And I'm not going to use because, – because in all reality, if, if Andy Reid wasn't able to give his starters a rest, then you never would have asked that question because we wouldn't know. I'm not going to judge him off of that Dallas game because that did not tell us anything to me. The only thing I saw, the only thing I saw from Kevin Cobb that I didn't like against Dallas was his propensity to throw off his back foot. Now, a lot of that is the pressure. I get that. But I just think he has this, this timing in his head. He just gets skittish at times and wants to run and throw off his back foot. I don't like that. And I've seen that in games prior. But, again, I just want to take the Dallas game in terms of judging Kevin Cobb and throw it out the window because I just don't think it's fair to judge him when you have second and third teamers blocking for you, you know, going as a, a good defensive line. Well, you know, I don't think that you can, you know, um, decide on, you know, what games you're going to count and what games you don't. If a guy plays yep. in the NFL as part of his history, uh, it's not all of his history. And I think that some of the things with Kevin Cobb, I think, you know, some of the pluses and the minuses are what he is, which is if he's with good people that are playing well, uh, he can, you know, uh, run the offense. He's not going to be spectacular. Uh, if he's with outstanding wide receivers and they're getting open, then, then Kevin can get the ball to them. But if he's in a situation where the blocking is breaking down, guys aren't getting open, uh, you know, the way they should be, and, and you need a guy to be, you know, spe- spectacular, you know, that's not Kevin Cobb. So that's what you got. You know, I, I, you, know you got a guy that, if they have a great game plan and the guy's open and everything's working well, then he can get in there and he can play. But if things aren't working real well, then, you know, he's not going to be the great guy. So I don't think that he – I think at the right place he's going to start somewhere in the league. Uh, but I think you're going to see his limitations, limitations arm strength, limitations of his, of his quickness, uh, you know, limitations with, with the guards to his whole game. You know, I think you'll see that. Let me ask you this, guy. 
I, I don't know if you guys see this as well. Do you think Kevin Cobb kind of gets caught up in the offense? He, to me, he gets a little wide-eyed and has a tendency to look for the deep play too often. To me, it seems like he's – I mean, if there's a chance to throw it deep, he's throwing it deep when there may be a check down or there may be some intermediate route. And, again, I don't know that you guys see this. To me, I just get the feeling – that he's always looking for that deep play, and it seems like he just heaves it down the field when that may not be the best selection. Well, I, I, I think it just is his decision-making in general. And listening to G describe him, what I heard was Kerry Collins without the arm. I mean, Kerry Collins, historically, you give him time and you put him in the right position, he'll hurt you and he will hurt you bad. Yeah, but, man, Kerry once Collins that pressure comes, I don't know what's going to happen. No, you did not hear Kerry Collins when you heard Kevin Cobb. No. What, that's the description that we're talking about. If you put him in an incubator. I think, yeah, personally, personally, if if Kevin Cobb could eventually be Kerry Collins, I think that's given him a big compliment. Kerry Collins has been in this league for a while. I think he's third all-time in completion. He's been, he was a Super Bowl quarterback. Granted, they didn't win it, but he took a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, I think if you want to compare Kevin Cobb to Kerry Collins, that's given Cobb some little premature deaths. Well, obviously, Kerry Collins has a, a large resume, but it's, if you watch Kerry Collins over the course of his career, I lived near New York for almost 10 years. I watched a lot of them. And he's there solid. were, if, if, I, if you wow. give him time, when the pressure comes, he's probably going to hand you the football. And that's what you, that's, that's when the pressure hit, Cobb is like, oh, man, he can't wait to get out of there. He can't wait to do anything but be out there. It's, that's a problem. But like G said, if, if you put him in the right position and you give him blocking, he's going to be fine. That's not always going to happen. That's actually rarely going to happen. It's not easy to do. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just a little down on him right now, and I don't see if the Eagles can ever try to sell me that at some point he's the guy. Yeah, I, I get that, Micah, but I remember you and I having a conversation after the Atlanta game, and you weren't that down on him. So I think it's just product of – his most recent performance. It's the what have you done for me lately. Um, in all reality, it, again, I, I know you have to judge. Fair, fair point, G. You can't pick and choose games that you're going to judge a guy in the NFL. Fair point. But I just remember having conversations um, you know, where a, a couple people thought, okay, maybe Cobb is the real deal after, for example, the Atlanta game. Um, Agreed. But that's my problem is I have those mixed feelings after every game. I watch him one week and I say, oh, man, maybe this <laughs> – He's pretty sharp. And the next week you go, oh, my God, have you played football before? Yeah, but, you know, uh, I think that, you know, um, you can get your expectations up too high. And, you know, where, um, you know, like that Atlanta game, uh, they caught everything. I mean, everything went great. Uh, all the guys he threw to were wide open. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they were, I mean, the guys were wide open. Uh, the the blocking. Remember, we were getting ready for that game, and it was King Dunlap and going against yeah. John Abraham. Well, they did a good job. Game planning, everything worked. They jumped on the Falcons, and and the, and the, and the Falcons really didn't respond. Um, I can remember the Jeremy Macklin play they put in, where he ran a stutter route, and the guy bit all over it because you had a backup yeah. cornerback in. Uh, after that, cornerback uh, had the collision with Deshaun Jackson. Well, the guy bit all over it. And Jeremy Macklin's running wide open, and, you know, Kevin hit him. Of course, he didn't have anybody in his face. It was a great blocking job. But, you know, if, if all that's not there, then you see Kevin's limitations. 
you know, uh, where let remember the Titans game. You know, look at some of those throws he had in the Titans game. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just terrible. You know, so he has limitations. Does he have some strengths? Yes, he can run the offense. But if you're asking him to make the great play, you know, we know he's not going to make the great play. He can't. He doesn't have the gun that where he's going to throw the ball. You know, in certain ways, and so. There's certain things that, that work with Kevin, certain things that don't, and I don't think you can just say, you know, oh, he sucks, or he's headed to the Hall of Fame, you know, and that's where I think people are frustrated because they want one or the other, but that's not right. Kevin. He's not one or the other. He's All right, would you take him as your starting quarterback, Jake? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it, it depends on who else is available. <clears throat> I mean, you know, uh, do I think he can start in the league? Yes, if you're, like, let's say, you know, the Eagles with the talent they've got. There's some games he could be fine, but if you've got a tremendous defensive line, you got problems because he's going to have people in his face. He's going to have problems with that because he doesn't react well to people in his face and he's getting hit. And now if you just saw in the Cowboy game, you saw it right away. He, once he gets hit, you know, he gets a really erratic, you know. Right. So but you know that's it. what you got. Now, is he a big difference from a lot of the mediocre quarterbacks? No, he's not, you know. Uh, so if he's not with a good team, he's going to be bad. Right. You know, but if he's with a good team, he can go ahead and manage things and, and, uh, and not throw the ball away uh, as long as he's not getting hit too much. Because when he gets, get, gets hit too much, it seems like he really gets erratic. As you saw, you know, in the Cowboy game where he starts getting hit, then he starts throwing the ball to the other people. Yeah, it was uh... – Hold on. I want to be fair here. And, again, I'm just throwing this out because I want to be fair. That's all. So, Kevin Cobb was drafted in 2007, right? Yeah. Obviously, he was drafted as, you know, he's going to be the heir apparent, call it what you will. All right, but he sat on the bench for a couple of years. Now, uh-huh. and again, just hear me out here. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah. So, in all reality, this was supposed to be the year that Kevin Cobb got the start. That Kevin Cobb, and for all intent and purposes, you know, <laughs> everything except Michael Vick going out there and, and, and doing what he's done. I mean, I don't think any of us saw that. But for all intents and purposes, this was the year that Kevin Cobb, go ahead, take the reins. You're going to make your mistakes. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games, all right? But learn to be an NFL quarterback, an everyday, every week NFL quarterback. And Raina? as of week one, that was taken from him. Can I go pick up? So, and again, I'm just saying, I don't know. When, when Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre, and here comes Aaron Rodgers. He had a year. He had a full year to just go in. And I, I think they were 6-10, and 10, but he had a full year to just go in and learn, make his mistakes, uh, learn from his mistakes, and become a better quarterback. And obviously we know Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback right now. I'm not saying that, that Kevin Cobb is Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he even has that potential. I'm just saying I don't know because he still hasn't made all the mistakes that a quarterback with his actual game experience should probably make to this point. And his learning curve has kind of been taken away from him, thankfully, because of the, the, the level which Michael Vick's been playing. So I just, I just don't know that it's fair to say we know what he is yet because I don't even think he knows what he is yet because he hasn't gone through 16 games every week, making the mistakes, learning, watching the game as a starter every week. I just well, don't know. It's just, it's just I, I know what your point is. My point is that I'm not saying I know he's good or bad. I think, like G was saying too, I think I, think I know that he's inconsistent. And I think... Right, but Aaron Rodgers was inconsistent in his rookie year. 
There's a lot of quarterbacks their first time through that look very inconsistent. And at some point, you at some point after you've gone through your first season, your second season, whatever it is, it either clicks or it doesn't click. And I just I just don't think that he's haven't had enough game experience for it to actually click for him. And again, I'm not saying that he's going to be this great quarterback. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying I don't know how you can judge him or, or you could call him inconsistent and hold it against him at this point because he really hasn't had enough games to really learn, to, to really put it on his shoulder. I know, but I feel like each time he goes out there, we continue to say that. It's every time. It takes me 10 games. Well, it's not enough. It's not enough. At a certain point, I think, I, I think uh, he, we just know he's inconsistent. I think we got we to take a break. Are we ready for a break? I think we went past our break. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break. We'll come back here and start talking some more Eagles and Packers on G Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Tran. Weatherby Nation's Ed Weatherby, the Zany Fish Fishburn, National Wild Turkey Federation's George Thornton, and the All-Canada Show's Norm McCrate will be our special guests. And we'll be hit on the trail with a guy whose cruise control in his truck involves a fishing line, a pulley, and a hook. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Jason Ashworth. Obviously, talking to the Eagles. Um, first home playoff game in four years, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? We were actually, we were actually talking about that too. Where, I mean, what did we get spoiled? Yeah, four years ago, where we had you know divisional round, NFC Championship games all at home, and now it's been four years really since we've had a home playoff game. And, or, I, and, and had a home playoff game. That's it's been a while. And just just a quick note too. I mean, you know, one of the people that's responsible 
um, for us, for, for Philadelphia fans being that spoiled, is Donovan McNabb. And he is getting trashed ridiculously. It's like the better that Vic plays, the worse Donovan was when he was in Philly. I saw someone complaining today, like, oh, we're gonna, we're, the Eagles are going to beat the Packers because uh, Donovan's gone. Well, yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about who said that, too. <laughs> And, you know, yeah, I, how can you forget all those playoff wins? Well, the, it's just natural. I mean, it's natural. It doesn't. It's, I don't think it's a, a slight on Donovan. It, it would happen. Of course, it is. No, hold on. Let me let me just let me just hear me out. It would happen in any city with any quarterback that had a lot of success but could never bring a ring. Any city that had that, they would probably re- react the same way. Now. Right now, given the situation with Donovan in Washington and the elite level that, that Vic has played for, you know, three quarters of the games that he's been in, I mean, give it 20 years. Give it 15 years. When people have, you know, time to forget and then remember, you know, that's when, that's when it will hit. I never expected that people the following year would be like, oh, but Donovan was so great. Now, that said, Andy Reid's 7-1 and one in the opening round of the playoffs. That's all with Donovan. Let's see what happens when there's a different quarterback out there. Because for all the good that people are projecting, for all the, oh, Donovan's gone and now we can get our championship, well, if you want to get to the championship, if you, hell, if you want to get to the NFC championship game, if you want to get to the divisional round, you've got to win the first one. And there's not too many people confident with the Eagles beating the Packers. So, you know, strap on your boots here, Michael Vick, because if you, whether you want it or not, you have a lot of people expecting you to win this game. Yeah, you know, it's a good point. Um, the amount of – I don't know if you even realize how much pressure there is. I mean, because now – remember, when Donovan was here, and this is what we talked about when, when they, they traded Donovan to the Redskins and Cobb was going to be the starter. Cobb – and I'm going – the expectations on Cobb were, we're not asking you to get this team to the playoffs. You have to win a Super Bowl. That's what everyone said Donovan couldn't do, and it didn't happen. So, Vic, welcome. You got the same. No one's well, asking you. Vic doesn't, What's that? Vic doesn't feel the pressure. Vic doesn't. I don't think Vic feels an ounce of the pressure. You know why? When Donovan was quarterback here, and Donovan loses in the first round, Donovan loses in the divisional, Donovan loses in the NFC Championship, Donovan loses in the Super Bowl. Whose fault is it? Donovan. Donovan. Guess what? Who? Guess whose fault it is if the Eagles lose to the Packers? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. That's what they're going to say. I mean, that's. Well, that's what I'm saying. Vic doesn't feel the pressure. Donovan felt the pressure because if they lost, it was his fault. Right. If they lose, if they lose on Sunday, nobody's going to blame Michael Vick. If Michael Vick throws two picks uh, and fails to get the team in the end zone, whatever it may be, only puts up seven, uh, ten points, I don't know. That's not, these fans are so enthralled with Michael Vick right now, they are not going to blame Michael Vick. It'll be Andy Reid and, and the fact that Andy Reid simply can't win. It'll be the play calling. <laughs> Yeah, it, well, that's what I mean. It's going to be the play calling. It's going to be whatever you want to blame it on, but it's not going to be, oh, if we had Donovan, we would have won. No, nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to put any blame on Michael Vick. They're just simply going to blame the play calling, blame the red zone defense, blame the special teams, blame whatever you want. Nobody's going to blame Michael Vick. Well, you know what's funny is they're going to go back and probably look at the games the way they should have when Donovan was the quarterback. They're going to look at the, the, the way that the defense couldn't stop the Cardinals in the first half of the NFC Championship game. They're going to look at all the little things. The fact against Dallas last year, they couldn't block Jay Ratliff. They could not. He had heat up the middle. Nobody was beating that Dallas team with the way that line was blocking. But it's still Donovan's fault. He still didn't get it done. He's playing the guitar before the game. 
Yeah, I actually had I had a buddy of mine today. He made a point, and it, to me, it was a completely invalid point. And I kind of uh, I kind of bashed him for it uh, as gently as I could. He said, no, no, you wouldn't. He said, you know what really did Donovan in? He said the uh, the touchdown, the seventy six yard touchdown pass or whatever it was, to Jeremy Macklin in the playoff game when Michael Vick threw that. He said that really did Donovan in, and people bought in that they could win without Donovan. Are you crazy? Are you absolutely crazy? It was a flukish really. They hadn't thrown the ball out of that formation the entire year. Every right. time they could just ran it around, and they, I mean they caught him off guard. They caught him off guard. It had nothing to do with it uh, that that Vic could quarterback this team and Donovan could. Um, no, it was a great. It was a funny because it's a great throw, and it was one that we've seen him make a lot this year. Yeah, but at the time you still thought, oh, that's lucky because he's not that good. Yeah, yeah. It was, okay, how many times he's going to complete that one? But <laughs> exactly. I don't think I don't think anybody was hit to the fact that oh, that's it. That's that's what I hope Kevin Cobb gets a concussion in week one because we're going with Vic if he does. <laughs> one for one for seventy six yards. This guy's on fire. But, yeah, you know what I mean. But well, you know what? Evidence, he'll never throw an incompletion. <laughs> Look at his numbers. So really? I do want to bring that up, though, uh, because that's my biggest – to me, this is the difference between whether the Eagles win or lose. What Mike Vick shows up. And, uh, yeah, yeah, when he when he was nasty against the Redskins, I mean, he had a, a very long stretch where he was playing the position as well as anybody I've ever seen because his passes were on target and he still had his legs. His decision-making was phenomenal. He wasn't turning the ball over. That's not the last – impression I have of Michael Vick. No. He was terrible against Minnesota. He should have turned the ball over four times. The fumble, I don't blame quarterbacks for fumbles as much as other people do, uh, mainly because you got guys diving all around, you can't see everything. That fumble put Minnesota in the game. Does it matter now? Nah, I guess maybe. <laughs> the Packers beat um, the Bears. Yeah, because you could be resting right now. Um, I'll say this, though. Uh, to hit, I mean, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I mean, we kind of looked at Michael Vick. He looked like he was hurting a little bit. And from his own words, he said, hey, I'm playing on one leg. You know, I was playing on one leg against Minnesota. Um, the defense didn't do bad. They really didn't. I mean, they made Joe Webb look a little better than he probably is. But it's I not like Joe Webb credit. He did a good job. Right. I mean, it's not like, you know, he went out and put up 28 points. So, I mean, in all reality, the defense didn't do that bad. The offense did bad. The offense did bad. If you don't have Michael Vick um, at, you know, at least 85 90%, then the offense is probably going to be bad. Um, so luckily they were able to give him the week off, uh, let him rest. And he said he's close to 100%. Now, that said, I want to kind of react to if the Eagles are here's, – here's the problem that I have with this game and listening to, to the way people are talking about this game. And since we live in Philadelphia, obviously we hear a lot of the Philadelphia spin. Did you see what Michael Vick did against Green Bay in week one? Are you kidding me? He, oh, I, no, I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? The Packers had what? How, how much preparation do you think the Packers did for Michael Vick week one? None. Zero. None. Except for gadget They had a base defense of, of, of two. It was a two-five-four, I think, was their base defense. Uh, as odd as that sounds. They, they had... No preparation for this style of quarterback. And they didn't even know that Michael Vick would come out and be half as accurate as he was, first of all. So for, for people to say that Dom Capers, that, you know, Michael is sweating this, no. And even McCarthy came out and said, I'm not changing anything we do. 
they are who they are. We are who I who we are, and I think they're confident in their ability to stop Vic if they have the right game plan. So I think um, I'm a little a little hesitant to buy into to anything that any Philadelphian is saying about the how Vic will tear apart this Green Bay defense. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see how they come out. You know, because if, if it's I'm telling you, the last the last couple of games I watched, even the Giants game, they were, he was not good until it was time to just go run. He's kind of, I don't know that it was time to just go run, Micah. I don't know if it was time to just go run. I think, okay, first of all, Reed is saying he's not making the right reads. Okay, he's not picking up the blitz. And that, that could be the case. It could very well be the case. But I think what, what he did against the Giants was say, it's not that it's time to run, because he had a couple nice completions. That, that ball he threw to Selleck was a beaut. All right, he had yeah. I mean, even the the throwback to Macklin. <laughs> that was a nice that was a nice play, nice touch. Granted, Macklin was wide open. Um, I'm talking about the first Macklin touchdown. The second right. one, Macklin did on his own. But for all intents and purposes, it wasn't just time to go run. It was it's time to go make plays. Okay, and I'm going to make plays. Him usually means run, make a read and run. No, that's my point because he didn't just run. Granted, he had two big runs. He had two big runs. Other than that, he did a lot of it with his arm, Micah. If you go back and look at the play-by-play, he did have the two huge runs. One was on third and ten, backed up from their own whatever. Uh, I guess they were on their own ten-yard line. He got he had a thirty-yard run. Another one, he had like another thirty-five-yard run to get him at the, you know, like inside the ten-yard line. Other than okay, that, what about the Vikings game? Okay, what's that? What about the Vikings game? The Vikings game. He was like he said, he was on one leg. And he didn't look good. And you said it you said it yourself. If a quarterback doesn't have his legs, I don't care how strong his arm is, his foundation is gone. And you saw a lot of the balls that Michael Vick threw, they weren't in the dirt. They were high. They were high because he didn't have his legs. He wasn't able to push through them, and his arm was just behind. And they went high. They sailed on him. You, you know I agree with you. If you don't have your foundation in any sport, if you don't have your yeah. legs under you, you're not going to be consistent and successful. But who is to say he's healed? That's my thing. I'm not saying he's totally lost everything he's learned under Andy Reid and his whole approach to the quarterback position. I'm not saying that at all. Right. He might not be He's got to be healthy. If if he doesn't have his legs under him, oh boy, it's going to be a long day for Philly. We'll we'll get to this on the other side. I think we've got to take a break. Uh, We'll come back with more G-Cobb in the house and more Eagles and probably get into the playoff picture too. Be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with G Cobb and Jason Ashworth. We are talking about this Eagles-Packers playoff game, and we were just talking about Vic a little bit. Another thing, though, that really does concern me is Raji and Clay Matthews. They had no answer whatsoever for Clay Matthews, and nobody really has. The guy's been phenomenal. Um, I don't like a guy like Raji against the interior, the weakness of this Eagles offensive line inside, right guard especially. I mean. How confident are you guys at the line, or they're going to have some kind of a plan for these guys? Well, I thought that uh, the last time um, the Packers had a good blitz scheme for the Eagles with uh, Matthews. They had him running some delay blitzes. Uh, they had uh, some good matchups on the corner with him, where eight times he got uh, caught where they were blocking him with the tight end and things. Now, they are going to move him around, and there will be times when, uh, unless they go in match protection, where... He'll get, a, he'll, get, he'll get a mismatch every now and then. But those are times where the big thing is um, they've got to have an option where Michael Vick can get rid of the ball, whether it be, uh, you know, a hot route, whether it's, you know, somebody's turning for the ball, or it's the kind of situation where, uh, you know, he's dumping the ball to LaShawn McCoy or something. But uh, they've got to have options there for him. And, and you can't think that the option is always um, him running. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, even some screens. and We haven't seen too much of the, you know, are you guys a fan of the wide receiver reverses? They work really well, but I don't like the harms that it, that it does to, to Deshaun and Macklin. I mean, I'm kind of torn on that. You know, on one hand, they've had really good success with it. On the other hand, that's punishment from the inside on, on guys that are not, well, Deshaun especially, not very big. Go ahead. Uh, you know, uh, Jason, you, <laughs> Jamie, Jay, you going to go ahead? No, I mean, I... If he's right, <laughs> if he's, I mean, you're right. It's kind of a, uh, it's bittersweet. I like when it when it's 20 yards downfield. Yeah, great, fantastic. But when you see him take a pop, 
I mean, you certainly don't want Deshaun Jackson taking a pop for a reverse. I'd like to see. I'd like to see. I think you mentioned this, Micah. Get the screen game back in it. I haven't seen too many of these just good old fashioned screens. Uh, I'd like to see Deshaun McCoy in a little bit of open field. Uh, if you want to neutralize the blitzes, as much as I think that you're going to have to, you are going to have to give him a hot route. You are going to have to give him some sort of read. From what I understand, and obviously I don't know. It's just what I'm reading. I mean, he's having trouble picking that up. But he still hasn't picked that up. He's still not at the level that Reed wants him. So you're gonna have to, you're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to run the ball. You're gonna have to run the ball effectively. Yeah, we've been um, saying this for eleven years. What's that? We've been saying that for eleven years. Well, no, but I mean they have run the ball effectively. I think now, granted, Michael Vick skews this, but I think they're fifth in the NFL uh, as a rushing offense. Now, obviously, Vick skews that. I know that. Um, but if they can run the ball effectively and kind of catch them off guard with a couple blitzes, I mean that that they'll back up. You'd have to assume that the defense will back up if they get gashed a couple times when they get caught. Um, so, I mean, the Eagles have to stay focused on the run game, make that a part of their game plan. And then, uh, like you said, G, they're going to have to – Vic's going to have to make the right read. Um, you know, he's going to have to shell out to a, to a hot route. And they're going to they're gonna have to move the chains on him, man. Yeah, I mean, just getting LaShawn the ball. I mean, even if it's not a run, just getting the ball in his hands. Let him do some work because – you need to move the chains a little bit because I don't want the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. You know, just something. It doesn't matter. Oh, I don't. You have to move the chains a lot of it. <laughs> Let me no, let I mean, real. you have to keep keep the Eagles' defense off the field. Obviously, you don't want Aaron Rodgers on the field all game. But picking up one first down, that's not going to do it. You need to move the chains, put some points on the board, um, and and you keep the ball out of his hands. Run the ball. At some point, you're just going to have to run the ball. No, I agree. And you know what? I actually was listening to uh, there's a guy they have on on Eskin on Mark Lawrence guy. I guess he's a um, some kind of a gambling or something. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is six and fifteen against teams that are uh, five hundred or better in his career. Did you guys know that? Are you sure it's not on the road? No, I mean, I, mean I, I don't think, see, there are times when you can get into things, all kind of stats for his career. You know, this Aaron Rodgers is not the Aaron Rodgers that played three years ago or, or I mean, or, or two, a couple years ago. You know, I mean, so uh, the Packers are a team that um, going through transition. Uh, this defense they have is probably the best defense that he's played with since he's been there. Right. So to, to, to really go through those stats, you know, I mean, there's some legitimacy to them, but, you know, you're talking about different teams. It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers playing against those different teams. Like, for instance, uh, last year in the playoffs, you think if Rodgers and, and the Packers score like they did against the Cardinals, you think anybody's going to beat them through the playoffs this year? No. No. No, because their defense is much better than it was. Yeah. Uh, that defense, think about it. They lost to the Cardinals last year. And how many points did the, the, the Packers score? I mean, they lost the game in the playoffs. Yeah, it was like 38 points in put up or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is, their, their defense is a better defense. Now, um, I, I think it's hard to draw, you know, a lot into that when, okay, well, you know, his first year, of course, he's coming in, and, um, you know, they surely didn't have a much, defense, much of a defense that year. Right. Because uh, I remember they scored a lot of points, but they, did, they didn't even uh, have a 500 record, I don't think. But um, but Rodgers had a pretty good year, but their defense wasn't what it was. That's the thing that really, if, if anything concerns me about this game, 
is the Packers' defense. Okay, let me ask you this. If they do a good job against the Eagles' offense, you and I know that you know Eagles will be in trouble. If you can't look at uh, a six and fifteen record or whatever, if you don't want to look at stats and you want to say, you know what, you can't put that on Aaron Rodgers. Now let me just pose something to you because I, being a former player, I want to know what you how you interpret this. The the, the Packers this year, who are they? Not ten and six, right? So how, they they've lost in their six losses. They've lost by what an average of three point three points. So there's two ways to look at that. You could say, okay, well they were in every game. How did, I mean they literally lost six games by an average of just over three points. So is that the they were in every game that they are a really good team, or is it that this team is finding ways to lose games? That if it's a close game, odds are they'll find a way to lose it. As an opposing player or even a player on that team, how do you view it? Well, I think that, uh, you know, one thing about the, the, uh, the, the Packers is that they're one-dimensional. You know, that they, uh, they really don't have – the running game, and really a good running game can make you a lot more consistent. And I don't think they have that. I mean, well, obviously, we, we know they don't have that. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, I think that uh, that's, that's what jumps out at me is that they don't really have uh, – they have no running game. And I've seen them in, in games, like I saw them against the Redskins. I saw them lose that game where uh, they can make mistakes. Uh, they made some mistakes against the, against the Bears um, where, you know, you can get, you know, Rodgers will throw an interception, guys will fumble uh, at times so because they're relying on an, an offense uh, and they're, they're relying on the passing game, sometimes things will go awry. So they're beatable. The whole thing is, you know, uh, the Eagles' offense, to me, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, you know, we're looking at this game now, you know, I could be totally wrong, but I look at the, the matchups between the Eagles' offense and the, the Packers' defense, and, you know, I, I, like, I like the way the Packers' defense matches up, uh, especially with the way the Eagles have been playing. Now, they may, may play better. Then the other, time, uh, other side of the ball, when, when, the, um, when the Packers have the ball against the Eagles' defense, of course, we know about the Eagles' secondary. So that's what everybody's looking at nationwide. Uh, we could be wrong. Michael Vick could come out and read that blitz and have a great game. But, uh, you know, looking at the game, I, I couldn't pick the Eagles in this game. I can't either, Jay. Uh, you know what? Another thing that bothers me, too, and we'll get to more on the other side. Uh, no one ever talks about special teams. Now, in one occasion, about Akers, and I don't know if there's another kicker that's taking a lead now for a game like this. Uh, Akers is phenomenal. But the Eagles can't return kickoffs. They start. Every drive at the 20 or the 25, that's unacceptable. And meanwhile, their coverage units are bad, so now Aaron Rodgers will start at the 40. I mean, obviously, uh, general, general numbers. Uh, Sab Rocka, someone needs some competition and training camp next year. You know, how many shanks does he get before they're setting up camp at uh, the 50-yard line? Now you're asking a defense that's probably overmatched to guard a short field. That could be a disaster. Special teams could be everything for this. Very well, it could play into it. Um, you know, we'll see how all that plays out. You know, Deshaun Jackson is going to be back for punts, right? Uh, you know, and, and they're going to work him into that. Uh, but with the kickoffs, you're right. I mean, the kickoffs have been shaky. Um, <clears throat> but um, you know, there's, there's no question that field position and things, 
won't be uh, a thing that everybody talks about a lot, but it's, it's always a huge part of a game, and, and especially a game where you've got uh, two teams that, um, you know, have, have, uh, are relatively close. No, I hear you. Look, we'll take a, take a break here, and then we'll come back and finish everything up. Uh, we'll be back right on the other side with G Cobb in the house. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on YouBet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G. Cobb and Jason Ashworth. We've been talking a lot of Eagles. Let's look at some of these other games uh, this weekend. Should be a real barn burner in Seattle. Um, anyone think the Seahawks have any chance to win that game? No. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, this is the first time they've had a losing team in the playoffs. Uh, that Seattle team is horrific. Charlie Whitehurst uh, was a mistake. <laughs> that was bad. Hasselbeck starting. Um, Hasselbeck's been terrible. Uh, I mean, that division is just so pathetic. I mean, I think we have to all agree that the Saints are going to come out of that one. But, I mean, they got a dome team on the road if that counts for anything. Yeah, no, I think I think the Saints will win. Uh, one thing I'm hesitant to agree with people on 
I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I think I think the spread on it is like ten. I, I think that's it. And you don't want to let that game get into the fourth quarter. I'm just saying, if the Seahawks are hanging around in the fourth quarter, I mean, at that point, anything can happen. But in all reality, the Saints have no running game right now. Who are they? Julius Jones and Reggie Bush. Um, yeah, because Ivory and uh, Pierre Thomas are on IR. Yeah, both of them are on IR, and, and so I'm interested to see how that plays out in all reality for uh, for New Orleans. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but their passing attack isn't what it was last year. Um, they've gone out and they have had had uh, I guess subpar performance. I mean, the Bucks just beat them. Granted, the Bucks have a better defense, but just saying, I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I do think the Saints will win, but I'm interested to see how uh, how they play uh, up with the 12th man and no running backs. Yeah, you know, and, and we did kind of different team, different talent level. But you know, we we you know knocked the Cardinals in a way. You know, like this is the yeah they were playing terribly heading into the playoffs. And is this the worst playoff team of all time? Blah blah blah. And all of a sudden they had a click and they made a run to the Super Bowl. Uh, I do not see that happening. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks. Well, that's that's a completely different situation. Uh, of course, <laughs> you've got a guy who uh, had taken a team to two Super Bowls in uh, Kurt Warner. Right, uh, and, and he'd taken their, them there basically, you know, for the most part with his arm, and you had uh, one of the best wide receivers in the game out there, and not to mention you got had Bolden on the other side. So right. you, knew they could, you knew they could score. The whole thing was could they play defense with people, and, and uh, the other thing is they had been on a kind of a roll. So uh, I, I don't think you have that with Seattle, but um, they're terrible. Of course, if, if you play in the game, it starts out 0-0, so, you know, if – if New Orleans gets out there and they're making mistakes, uh, they could let them stay around. But I, I doubt it. I mean, I, I don't see much chance of uh, of Seattle winning the game. No, we're just trying to be nice to Seattle by even discussing it. But yeah, the Colts and the, and the Jets. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Jets right now, but Peyton Manning does not play his best football in the postseason. He doesn't. At home, he won. He's lost playoff games at home. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, the thing is, that this one, it'll probably be close. It'll be play here, play there, um, because, you know, these teams, um, I think that uh, it's a pretty good matchup. And, yeah, another uh, we'll team that can't run the ball What's that? They're, they're another team that can't run the ball. We talk, I, 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 expect them to try to, I expect them to try to run it a little more. You've got a, a die back, from what I understand. And, uh, yeah, he'll be back. So... Um, and they re-signed one of the other guys that uh, was there for, uh, back in the day. But um, Dominic the thing, yeah, the, the thing that you you wonder is, you know, how how uh, how much are they going to be able to keep the pressure off of uh, Manning? The Jets haven't really had a great pass rush, so Manning right. should be able to have time to throw the ball. Uh, it's a matter of those guys being able to get open, and so you know, in due time. I mean, the Jets are good back there, but. Due time, guys will get open. So uh, you wonder. The big thing to me is, is Sanchez. How he plays to me decides the game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, and another, you know, the Colts have been rather ordinary this year, at least for the Colts. You know, we're used to twelve and four. You know, from week one. Uh, maybe, maybe there's somebody we should be talking about. You know, they could get hot, and you know, they still got Peyton. Like I said, he doesn't play his best football in the playoffs, so that doesn't mean that, that they can't, you know, do something. So maybe, maybe there's somebody to be worried about. What? Yeah, and the big thing with the, the Colts, I think that the defensively sometimes, you know, they don't get uh, – people don't give them their respect, but they can get on runs where they – you know, and that, that's – I mean, the Super Bowl they did win. It was the defense, you know. So, yeah, um, you well, know, their defense uh, 
it's been coming on, and and that's what it's going to be. It's going to have to be because I, I don't see Peyton carrying this team to a championship. Uh, I think it's going to it's going to have to be everybody playing well, which they've shown uh, they have a capability of doing. Aren't they doing it now? Aren't they on a run now? Aren't they hot now? I, I, yeah, I, I think they. I think they are on somewhat of a run. That's why I think you kind of kind of keep an eye on them. But it, it's not Peyton Manning. See, that's why people don't. Oh, you know, they're they're, they're looking at Peyton and they're seeing this is wasn't one of Peyton Manning's best years. But we look at the the team, and uh, they're playing better defense, and so he doesn't need to be spectacular yeah. for them to win. Which is scary too, because you don't want this defense playing the way they are, and then Peyton find it. <laughs> because if they're yeah, up no, you're exactly right. Oh, you know, they they have every chance in the world to go ahead and, and, and challenge for all intent purposes New England. Now, what do we think about the Chiefs? Um, they stunk up the joint against Oakland. So, you know, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But they've been playing very, very good football this year. But defense is playing on a level, level that it hasn't in quite some time. Uh, against the Ravens. I don't love the Ravens. I never do. They're a, very, they're a good, solid team, but I don't love them. <sighs> I think the Chiefs can win this game. Are they a good team? In your mind, are the Ravens a good team? They're good. Okay. Who are the Chiefs? What, what good team has the Chiefs beaten this year? Uh, I don't have it all in front. I mean, I'll let you know. I think they've beaten somebody, but I, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, I, I don't know right offhand. But, um, I, I think uh, to answer your question, it's one quality win that they have. They, have, they won one division game uh, at home this year. They pretty like they've stu- like you said they stunk up the joint last week against Oakland. Who I mean, for all intents and purposes, you got to beat Oakland if people want to take you seriously. Um, <laughs> when they play, when they play good teams this year, they have come up on the short end. I consider Baltimore to be a good team. All right, I roll Baltimore. That's a fair well, point. You know, you know they they, uh, they do certain things though that you know uh, give you a chance, which is if you run the ball well. Uh, you know, you can beat people. Now, uh, let's see. Um, I'm looking at their, their record here. Uh, you know, they, they really, I can't say that they they played a lot of good teams. I mean, they didn't. They beat ten, Tennessee. They beat St. Louis. They beat Denver. They beat Seattle. They, they beat Arizona. Uh, they beat Buffalo. They beat Jacksonville. You know? And now, would you take any one of those teams? and say they're a good team. Well, let me say this. Okay, they didn't play many good teams. I mean, right. so, but no, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But, but, but uh, I, I hear what you're saying because there really isn't anybody. I mean, the, the, big, the best, uh, the only playoff team I see on their schedule was Indianapolis, and they lost in the first game of the year, 19-9 to them. So, uh, you know, I, I would give them some slack there because they were a team kind of getting themselves together. I agree. But, I agree. But that's the only good team. That's the only other. That's the only playoff team I see on their schedule. I mean, even though you know they beat San Diego, but San Diego wasn't a good. Didn't play good ball this year. So no, they didn't. You're right. Because um, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, they did beat San Diego, but everyone seemed to beat San Diego this year. Uh, can, can you give the Chiefs? Can you can you see a scenario the Chiefs win this game? Because they're still very tough at home. Well, I, you know, I think this could be a close game. I mean, you've got talking about two teams that run the ball well. They're going to play good defense. And if they are, if they're able, the big thing I think is they don't turn the ball over. I think they're going to be in the game because right, they, know, the, the Ravens are not this team that I think are going to be, especially if, if the if the Chiefs come out and play good solid defense and, and they control the running game. Flacco is not the kind that's just going to take the game and throw for four, you know, throw for three hundred some yards 
and uh, uh, for four touchdowns because I don't think they're going to open it up like that. I think that the Ravens want to play a conservative game. The Chiefs want to play a conservative game. So you get to the fourth quarter, you, you got both teams with a chance to win. No, I hear you. All good points, and uh, that just about does it for us. I know I'm looking forward to the weekend. This is one of my favorite weekends in football as Wild Card Weekend. So it should be a good weekend of football, if nothing else. Uh, I want to thank G and Jay for joining me uh, this week on G-Cobb in the House, and we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the football this weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.